0: Move on. <laughs> Let's
1: move on. Uh, we've got a new segment here. It's actually a reskinned segment, really, that we've toyed with for the last couple of weeks. We're going to bring back. <laughs> we're going to bring back the Rushmore fab. No, we're not. No, no. No. <laughs> it's been diabolical every time we've tried it. I went back. We've given you, it two. Have, have you
2: gone back to season one, episode I, one?
1: I can't bear to. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's it is. It's disgusting. Start Put somewhere. it this way.
2: This episode, you know, as much as we enjoy doing it, we've. Love our listeners and stuff. You know, we, we know that we're still fairly amateur production. We're lower mid-card. No, Go back, back to episode one, season one.
1: If we were on the wrestling, we wouldn't even be on Sunday night. I love yet. how there was
2: no intro. Alex went straight into the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Like very seriously. Yep. Yeah. He thought he was big fans. He, was hard. he, thought, he was, yeah, thought he was hard hitting. <laughs> so what's our new segment?
1: Uh, we've gone with the title. Fab wasn't giving me a lot of laugh for question time. Because that's what it's, it is.
2: It, it is. It's question it's all, it's,
1: Well, question time's a real thing. It's a political what, thing.
2: I know. Sometimes you get stuck on watching that on the ABC. You can't, have, you can't help yourself. Sometimes it's
1: Sometimes it's like ESPN 8. Sometimes it's compelling.
2: <laughs> yeah. you're like
0: is, Somewhere in between.
1: Like, this is being broadcast legitimately. The member for Mackenzie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets what up? up? And, what? He gets up and makes some nonsensical remarks. So anyway, well, this is an opportunity for uh, for us to ask uh, questions of topics that caught our attention throughout the week. Who's got the new ball?
0: Oh, I'm going to be the inaugural question asker, yep. Sean. Um, after... Edgebeston, mm-hmm. um, fortress Edgebeston. <laughs> fortress Edgebeston. Um, when will Steve Smith captain Australia again?
1: I like this question, Tim, because I think that it's inevitable. I think that it's, I think that people arguing against it or arguing otherwise, um, they just need to a move on and b accept that uh, it's sooner rather than later. I actually can't. I can envisage it, an opportunity for Steve to captain come this summer. So we play Pakistan and New Zealand. What we've seen over the last week, we've seen it turn very sharply. There was a bit of how will the Australian public react to his reintegration into the team. In the World Cup, which was a small sample size and a different sort of arena, there was a lot going on. The Ashes are its own cauldron. I think that his performances at Edgbaston, where you could see him being a leader in the field, his performance with the bat goes without saying how good that was. Um, I think that the groundswell is coming. If he can hold his form, Tim Payne was always a short-term captain. He was always a bit of a babysitter. If he can hold his form and Payne's form isn't exceptional or doesn't necessarily guarantee him a spot, we get to the point where I think he will be very, very seriously considered. Now, the one fly in the ointment is it's part of his suspension. Um, he cannot captain until March, a year following the end of his suspension. Okay. I yep. can see a reality where they say, we're actually going to revise that and on the basis of his outstanding reintegration into the test team, um, we're suspending the last part of his blah, 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 blah.
0: Well, to that end, though, also, if if the tone that he set at Edgbaston and his performance is going to be so important and so good, is he going to be a guy that potentially not having the leadership actually suits him? I mean, you, you can always be a leader I, on field, but if, if he's de-shackled... Uh, by not having the captaincy, is he better for Australia in that capacity?
1: Potentially, but I think he wants it. Fair enough. And then the last thing to consider here is it's such an economic decision. So whoever the Australian captain is, it means so much in an economic sense. Steve Smith is always more marketable than Tim Payne. Sure. And if he can be accepted by, say, using an example...
2: The
0: Edgbiston crowd. The edgeburston crowd.
1: (laughs) But using the example, say, like in an Indian broadcast, whatever, or sponsors come back on board then he becomes far more palatable again. Agreed. And they can put him front and centre and he sells the Australian cricket team and the like. Um, Excellent. Excellent. Well, Timbo, I've got a question to you, actually. Fire away. Funnily enough, we're going to talk cricket because Fab can't. Correct. Do you think that England's focus on the white ball has impacted their chances in this Ashes series? Good
0: question. I think it's a brilliant question, to be absolutely honest. And look... I think you have to preface this by saying, regardless of how it came about, England won in inverted commas the World Cup. So all power to them. They'd never won one before, so I think they've put all their eggs in the white ball um, basket, um, and and they've had the success that they've they've so desperately wanted. But with a World Cup that was so close to an Ashes series, when they've now gone in and they're they're still completely invested in players like Jason Roy. Josh Butler, Moeen Ali, Johnny Bairstow, and, and probably now uh, on the back of the Jimmy Anderson injury to Joffrey Archer as well. You're talking in a lot of instances about players who they are so invested in one-day cricket and, and the recognition that test cricket is it's it's almost its own sport entirely. And to see Jason Roy dance down the wicket when he's trying to defend... Ballsy. Oh, but – and the commentary was magnificent where he's played one shot, the sweep shot immediately before, which was fantastic, and then he's danced down the wicket and been bowled and you've gone – that's you're – playing, you're playing a different game and, yep. and you're not respecting – you're not respecting your opposition, you're not, you're not respecting your teammates. You're not respecting the format. You're not well, respecting
1: and, the context of the oh, game. Oh, totally.
0: You've just given up your wicket when, when it just has to be valued better than that. They've got Josh Butler who scored one first-class 100 in five years, Sean – and he's playing at number five in a test a test team. Great cricketer, good all round cricketer. Really important to the team in general. But he's not a test cricketer, and and he hasn't shown the form to be warranted in it. Um, Johnny Bairstow isn't that great a keeper. They're still persisting with him, and um, and his batting's just no good. Moen Ali is a broken man when he's <laughs> when he's facing. When he's facing Nathan Lyon. Um, It it can't be there. His bowling's not good enough. Um, His batting's certainly not good enough. Oh, it's been unbelievable. But look, we've made the hard decisions as a team to be able to play the Matthew Wades, the Peter Siddles. We've been happy to be able to sit Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood on the sidelines. England knew they had an issue with Jimmy Anderson with his injury. He's lasted four overs, which just isn't good enough. Um, and, And it just looks like Australia has taken a very focused approach to the Ashes. And granted, it's one test. But at the moment, England looks like um, they're right behind the eight ball. Uh, and again, they hold the World Cup, so great work, but they've got some work to do in I this like ashes. It. I like it. And the whistle so, goes, Timbo. Hey, and the oh, whistle I goes. No, I'm there. I'm don't there. Break the rules, mate. Play okay. the whistle, Tim. F- Fabian, Fabian, well, over well. to you. You've been quiet in the corner over yes, there at the moment. Very quiet. Um, NFL holdouts uh, have tended to impact most NFL seasons of late. Will we see any significant
2: contracts impact this upcoming season?
1: Phoebe and Guadagnolo is on the clock.
2: <laughs> come on um, potentially. Um, well, the two main ones are obviously the Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott holdouts, both being running backs. Now, this is on the back of Le'Veon Bell's holdout of last, and he he held out the whole year. Yeah, and look, and didn't come back to Pittsburgh. He no, he's, he's joined the Jets, but. What I find interesting about this, they're running backs. And most of the holdouts are for running backs because they don't get paid. They're very important to a team setup, but they take so much punishment. Short shelf life.
1: You've said this before.
2: The good ones are generally on rookie contracts, so therefore you can pay your weapons, your wide receivers, your tight ends, your quarterbacks, and then...
1: You get the one big contract. Yeah. Now...
2: Jerry Jones got it. I kind of agree with what he said. He goes, "You don't need a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl," and that's, that's you know generally the case. So I reckon
0: you need the workhorse. You need the reliable workhorse. The Cowboys, the, the
2: Cowboys have to sign up Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott. One of them has to drop out. Do you
1: think? Not, if they you're all get they saying want, you're clearly saying to. that Zeke's the one that drops out. Zeke's I, the most
0: dispensable.
2: I'm I'm trying not to focus on my team here.
0: He's probably the best, but he's the most expensive. But the Eagles run with a
2: a triple-headed running back. There's three blokes doing the job. I think the Cowboys set the tone and don't let it interrupt their season. Sign your quarterback, sign your key wide receiver, and move forward. And if Zeke doesn't want to be there, he's got two years on his contract. Jerry Jones is a bloke that...
0: Training. Dances to the beat of his own drum too, so he may turn around and say, "Seek's my I man." Think, and very, makes, very, I think very good in you entourage. are
2: better to have a running back core. I agree because you need a running game. Because without a running game, your offensive they just set up for your offensive weapons out wide, and you can't move that anyway. So, agree. Yes, the whistle. there will be there will be some impact, and it's love it. Melvin Gordon will sign, but oh. Seek there's going to be issues. Watch there. this,
1: oh, space. Watch this yes. space. Who's next off? The cab off the rank. Is it Fabian? I have
2: a question for you, Sean. Excellent. Has Dan Ricardo's move or decision to leave Red Bull been a bad one?
1: Another excellent question, Fabian. Thank you. Um, I think you've got to come at it from a few different ways. It's obviously a talking point just at the moment in light of Red Bull, Honda, um, and their, their good form over the last three or four races. Verstappen's won two uh, and obviously was leading at Hungary very late. There's a lot of things to consider. And what Dan had to consider in weigh way up is what kind of environment was Red Bull going to present competitively in terms of winning a world title and what kind of environment was it going to provide internally. I think that Mark Webber experienced it firsthand with a, a Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Red Bull have clearly hitched their wagon to Max Verstappen. And I think that the the opportunities that was going to present or the heartburn that that was going to present Dan, uh, he, he'd lived it for the previous 18-odd months, and I think it was going to be extreme. I think he was willing to trade two years at enormous money, in fairness. Max is getting, if you believe rumors, between eight and 10. Dan's getting 20 million euros. So he's taken a huge you know, pay increase. He's gone to a factory team in Renault that have the pedigree to win world titles as a factory team, as an engine supplier. The trade off is simply where does that leave him in the short term? And that's midfield. He's had, a, had an up and down year. His best result was sixth in Canada. You know, Max is having a good run of it lately. I'll give you a bit of a stat. Does anyone else find it a bit whiffy that in supposedly the same car, Max Verstappen beat his teammate on the weekend by over a lap? Wow. Uh, am I am I reading too much into that? Do I think that's I reckon bit... you might be. Do, is that might... is that extreme to, in, to beat your teammate in the same car to lap him? Who's Gas- his teammate? Danny Gasly. Gasly didn't oh, have Gasly. Gasly didn't have any issues. Didn't have mechanical issues. Didn't have any extra. Is Pierre stops. Gasly any good? Uh, no, I'm not saying that he's terrible, but the point I'm trying to make is that smells bad to me. That smells like they're not in the same car.
2: Has there been such not not to that extent, but has there been a differential, significant differential at other parts throughout the season? Not that big. Previous seasons there has been not
1: that big though. So, uh, look as so I just closing on this, the issue for me here is um, he's got a, he's in a position now where his contract runs with Renault to the end of next year. Significant changes are coming down for everyone at the end of the next year. He's in a good position to assess that.
2: Where does When does Seb run out of a contract?
1: Uh, I don't think it's this year, but there's word he may leave. Um, So what that means for the sport is there's a really, really good seat that is um, (laughs) – I'm just buzzing myself. That (laughs) that opens up for the rest of the field. And whether that's Dan, look, he's making hay while he can in a financial sense. Financially, yeah. He's traded a few race wins potentially to maybe be in a competitive car when it matters, when the window opens. And if that's at the end of 2020, the new regs – Renault might be the team to be in. People scoffed at Lewis Hamilton. He left McLaren. And met people going, why are we going to Mercedes?
2: Well, look at him now.
1: And he, he jumped to Mercedes at exactly the right time. Yeah. So it all remains to be seen. Look, if Daniel was there, he's not winning a world title in the next two years at Red Bull. I wouldn't expect. No. So nothing has changed in that ambition of his. Where it leaves it's him at 2021. The end 2021 is, if he's still at Renault, hopefully they're good. If he's not... Hopefully, somewhere it off, that can be on top.
2: Before get an Italian in a Ferrari. No,
1: agree, agree. Uh, I got a question for you, Fab.
2: Molto bene.
1: <laughs> has David Gill? This is a question close to your heart and mind. Yes. Has David Gill been a more significant loss to Manchester United than Alex Ferguson?
2: Absolutely. That is. It's one of those things, and people from the outside, non-Man United people, and even some uneducated Man United people would say, who's who's David Gill? So, Timbo's got his hand up. <laughs> David Gill was the chief executive for the club for over a decade. Basically, you know, he negotiated deals. He's the one who...
1: He's a football person too.
2: You know, get things over the line. Now, not only from a footballing perspective. So, Sir Alex Ferguson leaves. I'm not putting the appointment of Moyes on Ed Woodward, who's nope. David Gill's... Um, Successor, but since then, Ed can't negotiate managerial appointments. He can't. Sorry, he can't appoint managers. He can't negotiate any any transfers to the club. He's basically had us in a. He's not allowed to, or or he's incapable of. It's just. just, And Sean said it before. He's an accountant. He's an accountant trying to do football-related business, and it doesn't work. Now,
1: I think he likes. The, the, the role or the station, the role affords him yes. is incapable of executing its duties.
2: Now, commercially, Tim, no one better in the business. This guy makes more money than anybody else in the game. We've got an official but potato he chip. It has to be Woodward.
1: We've got an official potato chip. We've got an, an we've official, got an official mattress. Official washing machine? Uh, probably. probably. We've, got, we've got an official telecommunications partner in Azerbaijan. So,
2: everywhere. Place to be. His gills departure. Has had a significant, significant impact on United. Everyone keeps pointing about to. You've won nothing since Ferguson. We've won nothing since Gill. Yep, That's the partner, I like it. I think
1: David Gill was the steady hand of the ship who knew everyone in the industry, knew when to walk away. Was respected. Was respected. He was chair of the FA for a little bit. So, but no, look, I agree completely with about. It. I think that you know we've seen in the last couple I, of weeks United need
2: to sign a, or, or appoint a football director or, to take care of footballing matters because everyone who's this wood, wood out, like I said, commercially, there is none better. This guy makes so much money but just take the footballing decisions and negotiations away from him and, and, United, be and United will get back on track.
1: I agree. I think that the model being used by other teams, and we may touch on it later on with the EPL brief chat about that, the model being used by other teams has so far exceeded United's model, it's embarrassing hmm. that a club of United's stature... it's not stature- that Ed can't be consulted... No, like he's the money man. He's, he's the guy
2: who's running the
1: purse. But he, He's made signings, which you look at them and you go, they're, they're so commercial. They're commercial, yeah. They don't actually fit what the team needs, what the manager needs. And, and to be honest with you, surely he's running out of time because if United's performance in the transfer market is <laughs> any, any – but if, if it's anything to go by, yeah. what we go into the season with will not be good enough on face value to canter to a fourth-place finish. It's going to be a struggle. So if we miss out again, surely yep. questions have to be asked. So fingers crossed that's the way it goes, just as yep. a United fan. Well, that was question time. I liked it.
0: I think we did well, boys. I like a give. I like a give. I
1: like a question, time. We'll wait until we re-listen to make a final judgment. We're going to go into Carlton now, get talking about the Blues.